Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's uh, 105 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Let's get right to it. Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Uh, we've had Elliot Friedman on from uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers for Abe's Door Service. Jerry Johansson, one of the most plugged-in men in the business. Uh, he's got five players on Team Canada, the upcoming World Juniors. We'll also discuss uh, how much uh, lead time is needed to do long-term extensions. I think you know where I'm going there. And I do this because he's not representing either of the order's top two players, Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl. Um uh, he's coming on, but uh, as promised, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement bet on it. Just before we do, though, here was Connor McDavid after last night's game. You know, the league's got to clarify some of these rules. Um, you know, what's a kick, what's offside, what's goalie interference. Um, kind of depends on the night, I guess. So, uh, disappointing, obviously. Obviously, we should never have even let it get to that point. So, um, disappointing. There you go. That is Connor McDavid. Well, we are going to welcome back to the show uh, ESPN rules analyst Dave Jackson. He is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, and we are pleased to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Dave, how are you? Bob, I'm doing well. How about you? Good. Uh, you know, when you're when you're privileged to be a you know a, a broadcaster, um, you know you react in real time, just as when you're an official on the ice, you react in real time. Uh, and I preface this by saying that uh, you know Connor, um, I think there was a reference of the, the the Calgary play last year of Blake Coleman and Jack Michaels and myself called that game on the Oilers radio network, and we both thought the goal should have counted. Uh, and we're broadcasting the game for the Oilers radio network, but we had empathy for the guys in Calgary. Um, these situations are, aren't are easy. I personally believe, Dave, that Connor McDavid is the most advanced player in the world. He doesn't embellish, and I think he could probably get a few more calls, but he moves at such a, a pace that it's it's tough. And I say that in relation to the context of what happened last night and the fact that, uh, you know, the Situation Room made the call, the officials on the ice 
deemed it to be a goal. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to compartmentalize this. First of all, okay. can you explain to our listeners, because you've been in the situation, and we have Brad Holland, who used to work in the Situation Room and is yep. the Oilers' assistant GM. And I say we because I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Can you explain um, how this Situation Room works and sort of what's the relation between the on-ice officials and the Situation Room? Sure. And actually, if anyone wants to go to my Twitter, I did a 10-tweet thread on how the Situation Room works. I just put it out about an hour ago, so if anybody wants to see it, it's there. But basically, every single game is has a, uh, a person assigned to that game. Anything that happens in that game, it's all hands on deck. It's like, hey, we got a potential offside here, a potential goalie interference. The leadership group in the room, which is composed of, you know, Colin Campbell, Mike Murphy, Chris King, uh, Kay Whitmore, uh, and, and Rod Pazma, they all sort of circle the wagons, and it's all hands on deck. They review the play, and a lot of times, if there's a challenge, they have the answer before the uh, referees even get on the headset. But um, it's like a NASA control room in there. It really is. In fact, I had the opportunity to spend a night there last month and we had 13 games going on and I had no idea how in depth, how professional, how technical everything is in that room. It's uh, nothing gets missed. Dave, we retweeted, uh, Brendan tweeted out from our Oilers Now account uh, all 10 of your points. So we did we did put a link to that for our, our listeners. Uh, all right, so in the situation, is it the final minute of regulation and then in overtime that they uh, they rev- the situation room is is responsible for reviewing all calls. Is that right? Correct. In the last sixty seconds of any game and any time in overtime, the league becomes the de facto coach's challenge. The coach does not need to make a challenge. Any goal scored in that time period is automatically reviewed, and it's reviewed for everything. It's reviewed for the entry, meaning an offside. It's reviewed for goal interference, and it's also reviewed for any missed game stoppage, like a hand pass, a high stick, or the puck hitting the netting. So it's it's not something the coach has to appeal or wait for. Uh, I know people people were saying last night, well, St. Louis is challenging this. They weren't. It's standard procedure. A goal is scored in the last 60 seconds or OT. Situation room takes over, and they review everything on that play. What was your initial take when you first saw it, the goal? When I watched it live, I went, ooh, that's a close play at the blue line. Okay. <laughs> and then when they broke it down, um, you know, it's, it's textbook, textbook offside. And uh, the reason I say that is Connor has possession of control of that puck as he's approaching the blue line. As his feet hit the blue line, he no longer touches the puck. He propels it, almost like passing it to himself. His feet enter the zone. The puck's no longer on his stick. The puck crosses the blue line behind him. And if he were to regain control of that puck, he would have been onside. The problem is, he never touches that puck again until he receives the pass from Dreisaitl. And in, in no sense of the rule is that considered to be control. He propelled it to himself, but he was prevented from touching it. He then engaged physically with the defenseman. The puck then went to the defenseman's partner, who poke-checked it. It went to Dreisaitl, who was the second person that touched that puck. And Dreisaitl passed it to McDavid, and that's the first time McDavid touched the puck inside the blue line. That, that's just not control. Did he... Uh, there's a there's a rule of law, right? Possession's nine-tenths of the law. Did he ever not have possession? He had possession for most of that, most of the time until it was poke-checked from the 
uh, defenseman. However, you have to understand the definition of possession in the rule book means the last player to touch the puck. He needs control. He needs possession and control. He never had control. Why was the offside rule initially enacted? The review in the video? Yeah, in the NHL. Why was the original, um, uh, you know, video review for offside originally uh, enacted? Uh, Because Matthew Shane scored a goal. He was 10 feet offside. And everybody said, we can't allow that to happen again. It happens once a decade, so let's bring in video review. And I remember Mr. Batman saying at the time, be careful what you wish for. Because it was brought in the fixed 10 feet offside. And now we're breaking it down frame by frame by frame. And it's really, it's evolved to that point where there's nothing you can do about it. You can't pick and choose which calls you choose to review. It's either all or nothing. Yeah. I just, I mean, to me, the spirit of the rule on this, right? Like I'm looking at this going, so we have a group in Toronto and in, in the situation room, and they're looking at it through their lens, through their eyes, and they've got their standards. McDavid thinks he's he's got possession the whole time, right? Correct. He, he thinks he's got possession, which is which you is, can argue. You can argue he has possession almost up until the the, uh, the defenseman pull checks the puck. But the problem is he's okay. Not enough. Dave, has he not entered? Has he not gained the blue line by, by the time that the defenseman uh, uh, poke checks the puck? Is he not over he the game, by that no. point? The puck leaves his stick well before the puck crosses the blue line. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the McCarr one last year? Completely different. That's a That was a microsecond delayed offside. McCarr's feet were onside. He never crossed the blue line. He never touched the puck until his teammate tagged up. And then he made contact. That, that's a textbook delayed offside, but nobody believes me because they only see a delayed offside as the guy dumping the puck in the corner and the linesman having his arm in the air. This happened. It was a microsecond, but it's the exact same rule. It's funny. I, I got text. Uh, we had Elliot on. He texted me and said, you guys are going to lose this challenge when we were in Denver, Colorado, broadcasting that game last year. Um, yeah. I, I just look at this going, like, hey, I get why it was put in place because the Duchesne, that, sh- that, that should never happen. To me, that's Correct. logic. I just wonder if we're cutting it to the point where maybe maybe we have to defer to the guys that are, uh, do, or do you think there's no way we can walk this back at this point? Well, you know what? I mean, I've heard people talk, and I've, I mean, I thought it's a good idea. You could put a line, a second line, like a goal line, thin line, inside the blue line, maybe 12 inches, 18 inches, and call it like a no-fly zone. And if the skates or the puck aren't over that second line, there's just no review allowed, meaning we can't review anything that's that close. It's got to be at least 18 inches. Now, you're still going to have the debate, is it over or on that line? But linesmen don't miss 18-inch offsides very often. No, I mean... You reduce the number of challenges. Right. Like 99% of the time, they're bang... I mean... I don't. I don't know. I just. I just look, and I, I guess by the letter of the law, when you're breaking it down frame by frame, but the game's not played that way, especially when the nope. world's when, when the world's. He's the most advanced player that's ever lived. I agree with you, Bob. I mean, I was on the ice with Lafleur, uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Connor McDavid is at the top of that pile, man. He is an elite player and a gentleman. Uh, I mean, I understand his frustration, and if you take away video review. That play last night, the goal stands, and St. Louis probably doesn't even really argue about it. But unfortunately, we've evolved to the point where we have the ability to break it down millimeter by millimeter, and the mandate is to get the call right. 
Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, you're doing a very good job painting a fair, and I'm, and I, and I got to say this, Dave, I preface this all by saying the order should have never been in that position. The, the start of our show today, <laughs> the first seven minutes was about having 3,900 games worth of experience yeah. on the ice with the power play in the final minute of the game and three mistakes leading to a goal again, which should never happen. Like they should have put that game away, but then they almost rescued themselves. And then to like the St. Louis guys were off the ice, the Oilers were, were selling. And then to, to see it being taken, and it just, to me, part of me just, I'm like, ah, so the situation room deems it, we don't think it's possession. At, at the end of the day, that's kind of how I see it. And Connor thinks he has possession. And I think for a lot Correct. of our listeners, they're like, even though you're doing a great job explaining it, they're like, I don't know if this is right. <laughs> right? You know what? People people are going to continue to not believe me, but there's a huge distinction between possession and control. And that's what people have to remember. Possession so, means you were the last guy to touch the puck. So Richard says, uh, this makes no sense at all. How can you be offside and then touch the puck and be onside again? Either you're offside at the blue line or you're not. Possession does not require constant touching of the puck. I would just say, what would you say to that? You know, he, he's absolutely right. Possession does not. But control, control means you have to have physical control of the puck. Let, let me paint you an example. If you were skating down on a breakaway, for example, and for some reason at center ice, you decided to flip that puck up in the air really high, and then you skated across the blue line, you would still be in possession of that puck. But if that puck then landed behind you and someone else took it, you'd be offside. You know what I mean? And the puck's up in the air 20 feet. You don't have control of it. You have possession still because you're the last guy to have touched it. But this was not... (laughs) The puck wasn't in the air 20 feet. It was... No, no, correct. But you, and your gut reaction, again, you knew it was going to be close. When you I first... knew it was going to be close. I knew it was a very uh, messy uh, entry to the zone. And I was like, wow, this this is... Uh, you, you know, the thing, unfortunate thing for Edmonton is that if this happens at some other point in the game, St. Louis might not challenge that. <laughs> they, might not, they might not take the risk. Right. But because it's in overtime... There's no, there's no option for that. It's an automatic review by the Situation Room. Well, the irony is, as you know, with the McCarr thing, is when Edmonton challenged it, then they got back on the power play again and scored again, and that gave them the separation in that game. And Colorado was a good enough team without having that happen, right? Like, they had such a – they were just better than Edmonton. Like, they were they were better. Like, you know, the team that gave cool. Colorado the tough the toughest series was St. Louis. So yeah. that was built to play Colorado. So, uh, no, it's an inter- – I, I, you know, and I, ha- I got to tell you, I have empathy for Connor. I'm going to sound like a homer on this as an Oilers broadcaster. Um, you know, they've got they, the Oilers, to my chagrin, because Dave, I'm an old school Western Canadian guy that grew up knowing don't screw around with Todd Ewan when he played in St. Albert and stay away from Martin Hardy <laughs> down in Red Deer. And the Absolutely. problem was I was the biggest kid on the teams that I played with, and I was going to get the you-know-what kicked out of me if I yep. so much. But I... I, you know, the Oilers intimidate through their power play. They're, Ken Holland, you know, in Detroit didn't really carry a, a hammer, and he, he 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 doesn't really have a hammer here in Edmonton. Uh, you know, he's got Nurse, who's, uh, you know, and, and Vander Kane, who are two of their tougher players, but they play functional higher-end minutes roles. The sure. Oilers intimidate through the power play, and I don't think Edmonton gets enough power plays, you know, because Connor doesn't sell he doesn't he, he, he you know he doesn't sell calls and i also think 
that he's moving so fast. He, he, I would agree with you on that. When I was on the ice with Connor, I cannot remember ever being on the ice with anyone as quick as he was. And is he more difficult to officiate as a result? Well, he's a big man, too, much like Mario Lemieux. I mean, it took a lot to recognize that he was being hooked or, or knocked off the puck. His speed and physical prowess just made it tough to sometimes to differentiate if he was being hooked because he doesn't go down. He fights through stuff. Yeah. Well, you're preaching on converted here. You know that, right, Dave? Yeah, I know. Uh, this converse, I mean, I, I, I get your explanation. I love the tone. I love that you took time to engage uh, your followers on Twitter. Again, we retweeted from our Oilers Now account, and I really appreciate that you took time to join us here in Oilers Now, Dave. Anytime, Bob. It's always a pleasure. Okay, super. There we go. That is Dave Jackson. He is ESPN Rules Analyst. He is our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brendan, he just said it. He just said it, right? Point blank. He just said it. Connor is, 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 is and Connor's not as big as Mario, but his core strength, I mean, come on. You see Connor engage in stuff, and it's difficult to tell what he's being hooked. And I've been saying it for years. Because he doesn't flop, right? Because he doesn't flop, he doesn't get the calls, and he fights through things. And then the orders don't have a team. The orders intimidate. Their power play is 2.3% higher than any other team in the league. They have a chance to do something this year that has not been done in over 30 years in the NHL. Four straight years at 25% or better. I think today they're at 31.7 or 31.9. My guess is they're going to finish the year over 25%. But that's why I want to see more. And we got Phil, Fear of the Finn. He's a San Jose Sharks fan. You know, oh, you stop for always wanting more calls again. You just had an experienced NHL official who agreed with what the Situation Room called last night. Admit point blank. It's tough to tell whether or not Connor's being hooked because he's so strong and he fights through checks. That's music to my ears. I don't know if I 100% agree with the explanation on the... the, the what, what did you think of that? He certainly... What I liked is that he was very level through the whole thing and not... Like, that's what Dave does really well. The best rules... Uh, Rules guys in the NFL, college football, and the NHL, because that's what I watch. The best rules guys, they're, not, they're they don't get emotional when they, when they explain it. But what did you think? Yeah, super impartial, obviously, and it's nice to get that that kind of perspective to it. But I just don't know when I think back to the justification of like. Okay, so they're both upper echelon players, and if they were both then in possession of the puck, that's fine. But it just, it is so similar to how we saw that play uh, play out against Colorado, and now both of them have gone uh, against Edmonton. So I can't help but look at this and, and scratch my head and, and be a little bit dissatisfied, as I said, with, with the explanation. Well, not everybody agrees uh, with our perspective. Lauren says, get over it. Some more Oilers whining about refereeing. If it was the other way around, you'd have said the play was offside. That one comes. Lauren, what part of Jack and me said, Brendan, you heard the call last year in the playoffs in game five against Calgary. We were in shock they took the Coleman goal off the board. Now, saying that, I still think Edmonton would have tied the game and won it in overtime with the way that series was going. But I couldn't believe 
the Coleman goal did not count. Okay? So in this situation, I think the goal should have counted. But you're, hey, Lauren, they set a precedent, right? That's the thing. They set a precedent before, and I think that everything in this game should be geared towards an increase in offense. That's what's exciting. You're going to tell me that sucking the wind out of the building like that last night was positive in any way? Northside Sam says, Bob, that was a great explanation uh, with what Dave was saying. My issue is always the NHL is a lack of calls. St. Louis took a blatant hold on Drysdale, I think, just 30 seconds before the goal in overtime. No call because they gave the orders a power play just a minute before. It's unbelievable how many missed calls per game on two of the world's best offensive players. Um, how about Shen? Because we had somebody else text about Shen, the cross-check on McDavid in the corner after Connor was dangling. I saw Braden after the game, said something to him about that. <laughs> he rocked Connor at yeah. one point, too. He stood him up, and Connor yep. gave him something back. Yep. So, I mean, there are situations where um, Ken says, great guest, I still don't, this is Ken texting the show, he says, great guest, I still don't like the outcome, but he made it make uh, he made it make sense. And I, and I think that, Dave Jackson did. I think he did a tremendous job. All right. uh, When we come back on Oilers Now, uh, we're going to bang off a couple more of your texts because there's a lot coming in. You're listening to Oilers Now. It is uh, 127 in Edmonton. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The Don says, Bob, is Ken Holland on vacation? The Oilers need toughness. The AHL is full of tough guys. I like Joseph Labate, a six foot four, tough, big Canuck draft, a twenty nine year old playing for the Chicago Wolves. I don't even know if he's on an NHL deal. Like I'm not sure. Again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. B Rad says, Bob, do they need to get rid of the rule in possession, in control? If your feet crosses the line before the puck, then it's offside and the play stops. That comes to us from B Rad. I know that visually better. Who at times has uh, had fun with yours truly? It was actually really funny. Um, has uh, put out a pretty interesting tweet too in relation to Dave Jackson's appearance here on Oilers Now. All right, I want to mention to you that the boys at Brent Ridge Ford did such a great job selling their trucks and SUVs. They are in need of more. You can trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright, whatever is best for you. Remember, if you order a 2023 truck from Brent Ridge Ford, your interest rate can be locked in as low as 3.99%. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang, 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. When we come back, um, one of the top six agents in the National Hockey League in terms of book, in terms of uh, client list, uh, based in Edmonton from the Sports Corporation with five players on Team Canada for the upcoming World Juniors, Jerry Johansson when we return.